What is this sex thing that you talk about? Every married bloke I know is in a sexually unfulfilling relationship. It's like pulling blood from a stone. These are the words of sexual frustration that were shared by members of our group in response to a post asking, who here is in a sexless marriage? So who better to ask why so many dads are feeling so sexually frustrated than one of Australia's leading sex experts, a self-proclaimed sex geek, Helena Nister. This is episode 33 of the Super Dad Show. Helena is a therapist, a coach, and a tantra practitioner. She loves nothing more than helping clients to become the best lovers they can possibly be, overcome any sexual difficulties, and create great sex lives. To learn more about why so many men are unhappy with their sex lives and find answers to a whole host of questions from our community on this important topic, we welcome with an abundance of gratitude, the amazing Helena Nister. Good afternoon, Helena. Hi, Jared. Thank you for having me. I'm really, uh, really glad you're here with us today. Um, <laughs> as you've just heard, there's, there's a lot of things which I'm sure you've probably heard before um, in, in your experience. So look, I thought a great place for us to start would be to talk about the importance of sexual intimacy beyond the procreation of our children, which we've already done. Um, the audience we are talking to today, you know, have the added challenge of children to work around to maintain a great sexual chemistry. So, you know, how much experience do you have for starters with working with parents? Are they the majority of your clients? Yeah, absolutely. People <laughs> who are married, people who have kids and get, especially people who get to that point of, in their relationship where sex life really changes, not so much for the better. It's becomes very much affected by the by the relationship by the uh, by by the kids by all the duties and chores there's so much to do there's so many things to take take care of and it's sort of like sex life becomes this thing that is pushed down to the end of the to-do list and mm. people don't seem to give it a lot of importance in terms of something that needs to be worked on or where they need to make an effort they assume it should come naturally we're married we love each other intimacy should come naturally it should be a natural part of a loving relationship so why 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 do we need to make an effort for it to work and then obviously it stops working and then people get into trouble or start thinking oh are we losing the connection you know is that the end of the relationship or is it just gonna be frustrating for the rest of our lives and a lot of questions come up and you know we don't typically have an understanding of what is actually happening or what to do about it. Mm. So people mm. resign to mediocre or infrequent or unsatisfying sex life. And it's very sad. Mm. What have you yeah. found uh, with the clients you've worked with, specifically dads, I guess, um, are the main reasons why they find themselves in sexless, sexless or maybe just sex not enough marriages? This is a really great, great question. And uh, it's not easy to answer it because there's so many different things that can be a part of this mm. experience, of this situation. Yeah. And, you know, first of all, let me just say that a misconception, there's, there's this huge misconception out there that people are having great sex and probably I am the only one who is actually suffering here and, and who isn't getting enough sex life, sex mm. or my sex life, you know, is frustrating. And I'm sure that other people are actually quite okay in that department. Mm. I come across that quite often. People say, oh, it's probably just me. 
and I'm struggling. So there's something wrong with me. The truth is, majority of people are struggling. So first of all, I just want to say you're not alone. <laughs> if you okay. find that sex life is, you know, is is lacking in your in your life in your relationship, um, and you're not quite certain why, you know, like the reasons for that situation, what to do about it, etc. You are really not alone, in, not alone in dealing with that. There's so many other men, single dads, married dads, uh, and women, obviously, as well, that are in this situation and are struggling. Mm. And some of the main reasons that come to mind is, first of all, first of all, I guess the, the repressive ideas that we grow up with. And as much as we're such a liberated society and we, you know, we, we want sex and we're not afraid to say it, a lot of beliefs and toxic beliefs around sex and nudity and genitals and pleasure and masturbation, um, these beliefs are, can be hidden in our subconscious because mm-hmm. they might have been fed to us when we were quite young, when we were children. And so they can, you know, we might say, oh, I want to have a great sex life, but they might come out as certain emotions or troubling emotions around touch or self-touch or Mm -hmm. around, you know, intimate connection with another Mm -hmm. person. So that can happen for both men and women uh, or for both, which makes the situation even more tricky. So definitely, you know, our upbringing plays you know plays into how we're experiencing sex and what we might be struggling with around our sexuality another huge huge reason is um i guess an an accumulation of resentment or emotional issues between the couple because the longer you are with someone the more there will be these certain little frictions or emotional uh, issues between you, you know, like even starting with things like, you know, not, him not taking the rubbish out when she wants mm-hmm. it or her not, uh, you know, not giving him enough intimacy or not initiating sex, you know, and things like that. And over time, over the years, if not resolved on an ongoing basis, these things really grow into, into resentment. So if that resentment is sitting somewhere there in either of the partners or both of them, Mm. That will come out as unwillingness to connect sexually, unwillingness to connect intimately. Why would I have sex with this person if I'm actually quite a bit hurt by them or angry with them? Or there's this thing, you know, like that happened months ago that is still kind of, you know, sitting in my brain, but, you know, in, and it feels unresolved and I'm still kind of hurting over it or I feel that, I was, that, that, that it was unfair, etc. Mm. So people don't appreciate just how important it is to deal with these emotional issues, troubles, etc., and how important it is to address them so that the resentment doesn't start to build up. And I'd say in much huge majority of cases, either of those two scenarios scenarios will play part. But there is, you know, we're so varied as human beings, as individuals. So so much can come into our relationship with sex, you know, even things like previous trauma, sexual abuse, or you know, for either either of the of the of the people in a in a couple, um, yeah, there's so many different things that can affect our relationship with sex, and then mm. can negatively affect mm. the intimate connection in a couple. Yeah, 
So I guess when we talk about this uh, resentment, that's that's huge. That's um, that's something that I can imagine probably started in my relationship with me just not fully understanding how exhausted my wife was by the end of the day with a with a newborn baby that she had been feeding and you know me going off to work and I just felt like I still had needs that needed to be met um, for me to feel fully connected within that relationship and like the the new child that was suddenly in my life who I loved to bits but had dramatically affected my relationship wasn't going to affect it to the point where um, I felt like it was going to be like this for the rest of my life where Mm. it had changed my relationship to the point where I couldn't get it back on track with my love life with my beautiful wife that I felt so incredibly attracted to. Um, So I guess if we're talking, yeah, yeah. yeah. People don't appreciate just how much children change the the situation <clears throat> in a you know in a, in a marriage in a, in a relationship. Mm. And the worst thing that can happen is when people think, "Oh, we have issues," but once we have that baby, it will resolve things, you know, because <laughs> it will bring us together. This is oh so wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. It doesn't work this way because the, the a child or children actually put extra pressure on the relationship. Absolutely. So this is so important to realize that the dynamic will change, things will shift, and you'll have more challenges to deal with. Yeah. And there'll be also that intimacy, the the intimate connection that you will need to work on on top of all the other things you'll need to work on. Mm. So being parent definitely creates more challenges, but you know, it's not something that cannot be overcome. It's just something that needs to be recognized. Yeah. Yeah. Now us men, I, I think I'm a pretty open, um, open book with my wife, and that's why we have such a great relationship. But it hasn't always been that way. I haven't always communicated clearly because of resentment, I think, and because of just not wanting to be this emotional person with her because I wanted to be the strong male that had his shit together, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But um, look, when it comes to actually communicating with our partner and allowing them to heal from the resentments that they are holding towards us um, and vice versa, how do we have those conversations? How do we go about starting that in the first place? Yeah, yeah. I really love the approach of the nonviolent communication. It's mm-hmm. so helpful. And, you know, if the, if the listeners here are not familiar with it, I definitely recommend researching it, nonviolent communication, very helpful. But basically, it's quite important to recognize that whenever there is an issue, an argument, there's some kind of friction, mm. you know, in the in the couple, usually it's not about the thing that they are actually arguing about. So what I find immensely helpful is to actually sit down and have a very calm conversation around what needs am I not meeting mm. here? What needs of yours are not being met? And what of my needs, which ones of my needs are not being met as well? Mm. So that the communication isn't aggressive or isn't about the kind of superficial things that don't really resolve what is actually happening. Mm. And so this is this is where sitting, up, sitting down with a therapist can actually be very, very helpful if the couple finds that they are really struggling to resolve what's actually happening between them. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, never talking, you know, when the emotions are high, when there's anger or frustration or anxiety or fear present, it's, that's not a good time to resolve anything. Mm-hmm. If anything, that's a time to stay away from each other, have a cup of tea, go for a walk, breathe, etc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And once the emotions settle, that, that's when the time is right. Come together and actually have that conversation. Why, why really, why are you feeling this way? You know, like I, you know, I, I forgot to, you know, go get mail or whatever that you asked me to. And that's a small thing in itself. And I'm sorry that I did that. Mm-hmm. But what are you really needing here? What are you really feeling around this issue? And because you will, you know, pretty much in a huge majority of cases find out that there is some kind of deeper need that the, the male or the, the rubbish not being taken yeah. out or whatever mm. other trivial issue. It's mm. only like a symbol of for the person that's hurting. And mm. really it's about I'm not feeling like I'm important enough. I'm not feeling appreciated enough. I'm not feeling loved enough. Mm. I'm not feeling seen in this relationship. I'm not feeling recognized for all the things I do for you. And I want you to see them and recognize them. Yeah. And, you know, and that obviously both people need to be able to express mm. those deeper needs. Yeah. Now, I, my, my mind just went on a bit of a tangent thinking about mm-hmm. um, what you just said and um, perhaps the, the woman needs more of an emotional connection in order to fully heal and be in the mood again to have that sexual intimacy. For starters, would you say that that's true, that, that women need more of an emotional connection in order to feel sexually turned on? Generally, yes. yes. Um, this is not for every single woman. Obviously, I, you know, I don't use any, you know, I never say always or for yeah. every single person because it doesn't work this way. Everybody is different. But generally, yes, women need to feel emotionally connected to the partner. Women need to feel like their heart is open. And mm-hmm. then their legs will open. Mm-hmm. And yeah. would you say that um, that one of the reasons why men don't require as much emotional connection to be in the mood is because of um, maybe a youthful tendency to use pornography? I don't really bring in back to porn as much as, to me, actually Tantra uh, Explains it in a very beautiful way, uh, in which there's two, these two centers in our bodies, and one is the heart center, and the other one is the sex center. Mm-hmm. And women are um, sort of their identity lives more in the heart center. This is where mm-hmm. their energy is flowing from. Women feel like they want to love, they want to be loved. This is a very high priority for them. Mm-hmm. Whereas men's energy, power, identity is more in their sex centers. This is where the energy is flowing from. And obviously, they're very connected. They can be very connected to their hearts as well. But that energy starts to flow from the, from the sex center. And gotcha. again, this is, this is a very like, general idea and applies, yeah. and applies more to feminine versus masculine people mm. because feminine men will be more in their heart. Masculine women will be more in their sex, sex centers. So, but, you know, majority of women are feminine and majority of men are masculine. So generally it holds true that a woman needs to feel loved and feel the love 
in order for her body, for her sexuality and eroticism to activate. Mm. Whereas a man is already there. He's already sex center. And it's more likely that he will actually need the sexual connection to feed his heart and to nurture his heart so that he actually feels connected to a woman and nurtured, you know, lovingly by her when they're connecting sexually. I, I, I think you've hit on, on that difference really well. And um, I guess the question is, with, with such a difference in where our, um, where our feelings and desires for sex um, come from initially, how to, I guess, meet in the middle strongly because i mean we, we were talking about resentment um if there's a, a low libido um in the woman because she just doesn't feel emotionally connected to her man due to resentment how can the man allow her to to truly heal for starters what are the strategies that he can use um i yeah. guess that's a that's a question i'd really love to know the answer to <laughs> that's a really good question <laughs> So first of all, I I, um, I love how men can actually bring women more into their bodies and more to their sensuality because women being so much in their heart can actually struggle with that more sensual erotic connection, mm-hmm. especially if they've also had all these repressive ideas about, you know, not uh, trying not to be a loose woman or, you know, being scared of being seen as a loose woman or sexual woman or a mm-hmm. slut or anything like that. So men can actually support women with reconnecting to that sensuality and sexuality that is actually mm. so natural to a woman's body. Whereas women can actually help men reconnect their heart mm. and mm. reawaken their emotional selves. Mm. So we can How? actually meet very beautifully in the, in the middle yeah. when we bring those two energies, the, the more heart-flowing, you know, I guess, nurturing emotional energy and the more mm. sensual, erotic, embodied, somatic energy when they're, when they're mixed and when there's time for them to play in, you know, with each other and dance with each other, mm. then a woman will be much more in her body and in her sexuality and a man will be much more in his emotional body, in his heart, and then mm. they can meet so beautifully and dance in such a beautiful way. So mm. just, you know, recognizing that is the first step mm. that, your partner, you know, she doesn't necessarily need to meet you in exactly the same way that you might think that you require sex. Yep. You know, so if you think, if you actually are <clears throat> dreaming of this porn star of a wife who will just go straight to your cock and she will, you know, like and that can happen. You know, like women can play kinky and, you know, and have be horny and have, you know, great hot sex and they might want that. But generally, yeah, generally they will, they will need more of that emotional connection. So specifically for men, because I think we're addressing men here much more, in order to, first of all, to bring her more into her body and more her erotic, sensual, embodied self, Mm. holding her is a very simple first step. Like just touching her and preferably even holding her and giving her time to relax into your embrace and i mean really holding her in a way that is not demanding in a way that is not not saying i need you to be sexual with me now but more just i love you and i i absolutely love feeling your body yeah against mine and your skin skin against yeah. mine and mm-hmm. just 
allowing her to get out of her head, get get out of whatever she's got to do and all these things she needs to take take care of and support her through your touch into actually dropping into her body, dropping into her sensuality. That's a very easy first step, but not rushing through it, giving her time to actually relax into the embrace. Mm. It's very important. Yeah. Let's go to a um, to a question from one of our members, and uh, it was about juggling different sex drives. So he's put himself out there, and he said that um, sometimes his partner wants it, and he goes through a stage of not wanting to, and then his partner doesn't, and he wants to. So um, he says that uh, when it's when it's that case where where he wants it but she doesn't. Um, his partner says that he gets clingy for four or five days and um, he just doesn't know how to deal with this shift in their libido that seems to keep happening in their relationship. Um, how do you find the middle ground with that? <laughs> in the case of a libido that is changing, that I would link it more to what's happening sort of externally in his, in his life and in his relationship because we generally don't experience such dramatic, not naturally, we don't experience such dramatic changes. You know, you either have a fairly high sex drive or fairly, you know, moderate or fairly low sex mm. drive. But if it changes dramatically, it would definitely have to do with something that is happening in with mm. himself or in the relationship. Maybe, maybe her high sex drive is actually challenging or triggering his sense of self as a man, maybe, you know, and I obviously don't know him, so I can't you know, precisely say, say what's going on there, but maybe there is some kind of dynamic that causes him to withdraw sexually mm. when she is full on and horny and coming to him and approaching him for sex, that might actually trigger some kind of reaction in him. Mm. Whereas when she's actually withdrawn and, you know, and kind of not demanding sex as much, mm. maybe that creates a more safe environment for him to express his sexuality freely and then he is kind of much more needy and cleany in her in her words for sex. Gotcha. So these are not simple dynamics. I can't I can't in this case I give it okay this is the answer. This is exactly what's happening and this is how you deal with well, it. Well that's 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 why you're in a job. That's why clients <laughs> yeah. come to you so that you can personalize <laughs> it to them. Yeah. Well I but, actually um, love actually unpacking these things because I find that there's a fascinating always underneath what's happening on the sort of on the surface so on the oh, surface I can, I can hear it coming from you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on the surface he wants a lot of sex for example she doesn't but what's really going on there i love unpacking that with clients mm. and it's very eye-opening to them so i would you know i would definitely recommend seeking professional help yeah. you know in that that case you know mm. or it can be a different way around she's like really demanding or wanting <clears> sex and approaching him and he's finding that difficult to, you know, to, to deal with or, you know, actually he just reacts with, no, I, I'm not interested. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. 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 Another um another member asked um, or sort of said that his partner um, feels ashamed or uncomfortable being naked and um, wants to know what strategies that you would suggest to help her feel more comfortable other than turning off the lights. And I watched a video on de-armoring your vagina for women. 
And um, I guess is that a strategy? Is he going to send that YouTube video to her and say, honey, you need to de-armor your vagina? Or, or, you know, I guess he's really us being solution finders, men who want to fix things. We're going to take it on ourselves and say, what can I do to help? Mm. Well, the vagina de-armoring video would probably help her, but I don't think it's actually related that much in this case. Mm-hmm. What I'm seeing here in this in this scenario is she's got poor body image. She's got some kind of repressive ideas about my body is wrong, my nudity is wrong, my genitals are maybe ugly or smelly, or you know, there's all these ideas that mm. women can hold about their bodies, you know, mm-hmm. there's, mm-hmm. first of all, there's all these magazines, you know, you know, with models on the, on cover, on the, on the covers and women compare themselves to go, oh, mm-hmm. I'm not, that's this, oh, this is too much here. This is too wobbly here. My body doesn't look like this. So, hence I'm ugly. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't want her partner then to see her, see her naked or, you know, or there's some kind of religious or other ideas that convinced her that this is not okay to, uh, you know, to be sexual, to be freely and you know, freely erotic and enjoying that fully. So she's kind of preferring to do it in the, you know, the darkness. Yeah. A very simple strategy is to slowly start feeding her the, 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 um, the idea that her, she is actually beautiful. So telling her about, about all these things that you really love and appreciate about her and about her body. And so she might, you know, she might not believe you at first. She might feel like you're just exaggerating. You're just trying maybe to, you know, convince her because you just want sex. But the more genuine with that, the more she will feel that. And the more she start to, this will start to, this will make her question all these beliefs that she has about her own body to mm-hmm. the point where she might actually be able to stand in front of her, you know, in front of you naked and actually be okay with that. Or be, you know, naked during sex with lights on, and and that won't be won't be an issue. That won't be a trigger for her anymore. She needs to learn to love herself and to love her body. And mm. you can support her with that, with your appreciation, with you showing your love and appreciation for her body. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Thank you for that. Um, the next question uh, comes from a gentleman I know well, and. Uh, he a quote from him some people like vanilla sex i like neapolitan and his question is what is the best way to start a subject with a new partner about stuff you want to do that some people might consider weird or kinky how do you remove the shame from the initial conversation this is a <laughs> this is a single dad that's an awesome question i love it <laughs> okay it's actually Simple in a way that the solution is for you to not consider it weird. Because if you if you approach, you know, so obviously you want to talk to your new partner and say to her, look, there's this thing I enjoy and I would love to enjoy it with you. But if you do it from a place of shame or, you know, you're self-conscious about, oh, she's going to judge me, you know, because I'm into this weird, wacko or freaky thing, then mm. she, will prob- she will probably judge you at that if you come from that energy, from that space. But if you fully own it and express it <clears> as something that's natural and beautiful and enjoyable, this is just a, you know, kink and fetishes and all this, all this, all sorts of different sexual expressions are natural and beautiful. 
Mm. And as long as there is consenting adult involved, everything's fine. That, that, that's like one restriction I would put on your sexual expression is they have, uh, there absolutely have to be consenting adult involved. Mm. Other than that, you can do whatever you want. And it's all going to be beautiful and amazing as long as it gives you pleasure it is, and as long as it is what you want to do. But you have to own it and you have to ex- express it in a way that shows her that there is nothing wrong with me wanting to experience this, with me wanting to do this. As in, yeah. this is the most natural, beautiful thing in the world. Mm. This is how I enjoy experiencing my sexuality. And would you mm. like to join me with that? Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. And I'm looking at a, a question here, which it's it's a bit of a um, yeah, a couple of sentences for starters about his experience. And um, his partner says that she has no urge due to being in the beginning stages of menopause. He's not sure if he should believe her or not. Um, he says, we have been together since June and haven't touched each other in the last five months. His intuition is telling him that she is in need of a more appealing man as he is not much to look at and age is taking its toll. He treats her very well as a man should. She likes that he's good to her and he adores, uh, she adores his daughters, but I'm, uh, but he's getting to the point where he's thinking it's time to walk away. She needs to find a man she can be really into. And I need a woman who can be into me if there is such a thing. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, either solution can be great. Walking away and find love and pleasure and be with somebody else can be a very valid, beautiful solution, but also staying together and uncovering those issues that are causing the obvious frustration and lack of intimacy uh, can be obviously also very, very good and can, can create a very deep, you know, even deeper connection and intimacy. Mm. So mm. it all depends. It's, it's really, you know, his call or, and, and obviously her call as well in how they proceed. But I would, you know, as long as they both are still invested in the relationship and there's a willingness to stay there, which obviously there is because they still are together, I would explore first, uh, first of all, his issues because around lack of self-confidence in the way he, he looks. Mm-hmm. He is obviously self-conscious about not being the most attractive man in the world. And the truth is, she might not care about that at all. That might have nothing to do with her unwillingness to be intimate. That might be purely related to her menopause. But mm-hmm. also that might be related to something completely different, like, you know, like maybe she is covering some resentment. Or maybe she's going through something difficult or maybe she's just purely exhausted with the workload or, you know, whatever is happening for them. Yeah. I would I would explore first what is actually happening and why, you know, why yeah. have they not been intimate? Yeah. You know, so the right, the right time to have that conversation, do you suggest people go somewhere new? They go out to dinner, they, you know, they're in an enjoyable atmosphere rather than, in the bedroom at night, um, how how does he go about having those uh, those conversations? There's been a few, uh, you know, a few comments and a few questions about when is the right time to talk about their sex life. Definitely, and I know, I know, I know. You yeah. said not in not in the heat of it all, and, and not yeah. when you're feeling frustrated and angry and everything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. But 
you know, are there are there real strategies to help open up the conversation? It can it can be totally at home. You don't necessarily have to take her away to a you know to a nice place, etc. That it doesn't have you know it's not required for that conversation to happen. But what is required is that both of you can give it at least a few hours and not be interrupted, and you know knowing that neither of you has to run off soon to do something, you know, where you can turn off your phones, etc. Where if that's not possible to have that at home, it might be good to go away, you know, for a day, for a weekend, for, you know, whatever you can create and actually have that interrupted time there and have that very honest, you know, Mm. deep and meaningful conversation. So, so, yeah, so undistracted, nonviolent communication, which from my understanding is really Centering yourself in your own feelings rather than playing the blame game, yes? Yes, yes. That is actually so good that you said that because people can go into, you know, it's all your fault. Like I'm Mm. so right here. I have all the right to have all these desires and needs and you're not meeting them. So it's your fault. You're doing this wrong. You're doing that wrong, etc. It's never just the fault of one person, never. Mm. And it's so important to acknowledge that, that I... I'm open to the fact that I might have been hurting your feelings in some kind of a way. And I, and I would love to actually learn how so that I can change it because mm-hmm. it can be something that you would have never get. Yeah. And then she's, she's carrying resentment or she's carrying whatever that is connect, creating a disconnection between the two of you. Mm. Yeah. Eleanor, does it shock you that one dad knows exactly how many times he's had sex in the last two years? Not really. <laughs> to be honest. Really. Yeah. But look, he, he goes on to say that that sometimes it happens two to three times a week, but then it can be four to six months without. And, yeah. you know, he, he shares that he's been married for 20 years, but I guess for, for someone who's been married three years or five years with kids, is it really that different to someone who's been married for 20 years? I mean, is there an acceptable amount of, of sex that someone should be expecting? <laughs> that's, a, that's a terrible question, <laughs> e- expecting and, and everything. Yeah. There's so much that goes into that and it, it yeah, yeah. seems wrong coming out of my mouth. But these are the questions that these dads are really asking because they, as you said at the start, don't know whether it's normal how yeah. much they're actually getting or, or not mm. getting. and. So yeah. they want to know, is there an acceptable amount where if they aren't achieving that, they should really be having this conversation with their partner and, and, and going to a sex therapist and working things out? Yeah, yeah. This is actually a very justified question. And I know exactly where you're coming from. So, I, you know, I didn't have a judgment around, oh, you shouldn't be expecting this much sex or this much sex. So, no, definitely not. And mm. first of all, how much sex? actually do you want to have like that's the first thing to to become clear about because it might be you know every single day it might be twice a day it might be once a week it might be twice a month it might be once a month you know it's like become clear what what do you actually want Mm -hmm. and then find out what is her ideal situation and you know maybe if you want to have sex every day but she's actually she'd be satisfied with that three times a week you know, then you work with that. And then this is, this, you've got to be aware that she can say no and you've, <clears> got, you've got to respect that no. But mm. at least you know what, we, what you're working with and what your desires are. And also, 
at different times of your life, your desire will be stronger or weaker. Her desire will be stronger and weaker. So this is an ongoing conversation, a flowing yeah. situation in terms of there isn't such a thing as a mm. number of times you can expect to have sex. You can always express your desire. You can always approach her in a uh, in a respectful way and express your desire. And you know, if she keeps saying no, then this is the time to start having those more deeper, more vulnerable conversations around why are you saying no? Why are you not feeling connected to me? Connected mm. to me, or why are you not feeling like like having sex or being intimate? Am I not doing anything? Yeah. Something? Are there some needs that are not being met, etc.? But yeah, coming from a sex therapy's point of view, there isn't such a thing as a standard regularity yeah. because of, of sex because standards will change from this week to next week, sure. following month, et cetera, yeah. yeah. Okay, let me, <laughs> let me preface this, uh, this next question. In knowing that I was having this conversation with you today, one of my mentors said, Jared, if you're going to have this conversation, you need to make sure it fits in with the values of the super dad, you know? So I guess for, for me, I'm really on a journey at the moment of looking at the core values of the super dads and really growing into how it aligns with my personal values and, and how to bring that across to the dads and, and really um, enable us through these values and principles to become a much stronger group, much stronger men much better dads to our family. And so I guess I wanted to ask you, have you put much thought into what the core values of a strong and healthy relationship are? Oh, communication like jumps straight to mind. <laughs> straight to mind. It, yeah, I agree. such an important one. And so many issues come out of the lack of that direct, meaningful, vulnerable, open, open communication. You know, but there's obviously love. That's a <laughs> quite an important mm. component. Yeah. Having fun together. So, you know, joy, fun, creating adventures together, whatever that looks like for a couple. That is so important because times will get tough and, you know, you've got to have these adventures, yeah. you know, happy, playful, joyful times to carry you through as well. It's quite important to be playful. Like, I guess being playful together what I'm expressing. Absolutely. Honesty, vulnerability, you know, and but I, I think speaking, speaking particularly for men, uh, two men about vulnerability can be, can be tricky because vulnerability can be associated with weakness. Mm. Oh, you know, I don't need to be vulnerable. I'm a strong person. No, no. Everybody needs to be vulnerable. It yeah. has nothing to, to do with being strong or being weak. It's mm. actually, I, if anything, I would say it is, a, a sign of strength because it's so difficult to be fully vulnerable, fully authentic uh, in front of another person, even your partner, to the point where they know everything, not necessarily everything about you, but they know you deeply. They know that inner part of yourself because you can express what you're actually feeling, how you're experiencing things, what you're experiencing. And especially what is triggering you, where there's worries or fears or, you know, frustrations, et cetera. So being vulnerable together, I can't stress it enough how powerful it is. I would actually even say there's no true intimacy without true vulnerability. Mm. 
Yeah. Very important. So I guess the reason why I ask that is because do you think that maybe men value sex a little bit too much in a relationship and that's why they get so hung up about it? Most people actually underappreciate just how important it is for the connection in a couple. And it is generally more important for men because they are, you know, they are so deeply nurtured by a sexual connection. Whereas a woman can really, you know, potentially go on for quite a long time without being sexual and should be quite fine and satisfied. She will Hmm. find satisfaction in other areas of life, you know, caring for her children or expressing her hobbies or, you know, volunteering, etc. because that is more connected to her heart. But a man to be truly nurtured, you know, again, generally, really, you know, needs that sexual connection. Mm. That is the way that women need to talk and communicate it and then they feel connected. In a similar way, men need and require sexual connection to feel connected and nurtured through that. Yeah. Gotcha. I understand. Rose? Okay, okay, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> no, I've got you. I've got you. All right. Well, look, I guess, yeah, the big thing <laughs> I just wanted to get to was, you know, like, is sex so important in a relationship that a lack of sex in the relationship is the demise or the eventual ending of the relationship? No. It is very important, but a lot of people actually can quite successfully create sexless marriages and be quite happy and satisfied in them. It is actually possible. So it's not like if you have a sexless marriage, then you're doomed and you should divorce, etc. I will never say that at all. I know of couples that actually created a sexless connection that is very satisfying to both of them and they both feel very, very happy with it. Mm. But what I also want to stress is that Men can sometimes judge themselves for prioritizing sex and for and for feeling like sex is very important, and they can feel like uh, you know they can judge themselves you know as in am I being wrong here? Should I actually like care about other other things as much, etc. And I just want to say, sex is important. Don't judge yourself. Like don't you know don't beat yourself up because because you want it. It's a very natural thing for a masculine man to want and desire a lot of sex and to desire variety in sex and, and to be, you know, to be aroused by different women, you know, what you actually do with it and what decisions you make in terms of having sex with just one woman that you committed to versus a lot of different women. That's a different story. But it is quite natural for men to want and desire sex. So you're not abnormal. You're actually perfectly normal in experiencing that kind of a desire. I love it. I I understand. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Helena, how can our listeners <laughs> get in touch with you if they're interested in um, connecting with you further? Mm-hmm. I have a website, helenanista.com. So that's my name and surname.com. And they'll find information there about getting in touch with me or about working with me one-on-one. I also have online courses that men can find very, very valuable because I created them after conducting over a thousand sessions uh, with men and women. And I basically put together all the questions that I was being asked the most and, and, you know, created, turned them into online courses. So these are very powerful. And I have also written a book for men called Legendary Lovers, Six 
essential step to having great sex, <laughs> which is full of techniques and practices and rituals coming from the tantric tradition, from tantra, but not only from tantra, that are very helpful in not only experiencing sex as deeply ecstatic and blissful and fulfilling and connected and amazing, but also how to create a deeper connection and intimacy in the relationship itself. So that that more intimate, emotional, heartfelt connection can blossom and thrive in a, in a, for a couple. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us today on the Superdad Show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm sure our listeners will get a lot out of this today. And uh, thank you to all of our listeners that took the time to, uh, yeah, send in some uh, some great questions. And uh, I hope that they have been answered and that you can continue to grow in your relationship, your connection, your love, and be a super dad. Have a great day, everyone. If you love what you heard and you'd like to support the show, please go to www.patreon.com slash superdadsonline. If you are a dad and you are not part of our closed Facebook group yet, where we continue these deep conversations, go across to Facebook and search for Super Dads Online. You'll hear me on the next episode of the Super Dads Show with our next guest. Thanks for listening.